welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. Kerry's going to come and uh, read us a story. Year after year, I had prayed so hard to be blessed with a child, but the Lord God did not grant my desire. I became depressed and sad. Friends and family taunted me about my barrenness. I suffered such humiliation that at times I could scarcely eat. I knew that my husband, Elkanah, loved me dearly. He was always thoughtful and good to me, but I was still not a happy wife. He would ask, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? But I could not be consoled. I decided that when the proper time of year came, I would go up to the temple to worship and offer the sacrifice, and I would ask God once again to send us a son. Surely in such a holy place my prayers would would be heard, I thought. When we arrived at the holy temple, I was filled with anticipation. I wanted to be alone to pray, so I went and found a quiet spot. As I stood, looking up to God... My grief was so overwhelming that the tears flowed down my face. Silently, I pleaded, Oh, Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon my misery and give me a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. I hadn't noticed Eli, the priest, was passing by. As I continued to pray, I had so much to say that my lips were moving as I silently made my promise to God. Eli saw me, and as he watched, he was certain I had become drunk and was babbling to myself. Angrily, he approached, calling out loudly, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine! I was startled by his harsh voice and upset by his misunderstanding. Sinking to my knees before him, I protested. Not so, sir. I'm a woman who is deeply upset. I haven't been drinking wine. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Do not take me for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great sadness and grief. And my tears continued to cover my face. For a quiet moment, Eli continued looking at me. Then his expression changed from anger and disapproval to kindness and understanding. He seemed to pause whilst listening to an inner voice, and then he helped me to my feet. Go in peace, he said softly, and may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked of him. At once my soul was filled with a quiet calm. Wiping my tear-stained face, I went to the place where my husband and friends were gathered for a meal. My fears and sadness were fading fast. And the Lord remembered me. Not long after this, my precious son was born. I gave him the name Samuel, meaning I have asked the Lord for him. What joy he brought to our lives and how tenderly I cared for him. I didn't go to the temple again until Samuel was old enough to be presented there. Then we brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh to fulfill the promise I had made. When Eli approached us, I explained, My Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying for this child. 
God has granted me what I asked of him, and now I give him to the Lord for his entire life. I couldn't help myself singing words of grateful praise. My heart rejoice in the Lord. There is no rock like our God, for the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints. Little Samuel began to minister before the Lord and assisted Eli in the care of the temple. Each year when we went up to Shiloh for the annual visit, I bought my son a new robe to wear. How my heart rejoiced as he continued to grow, not only physically, but also in favour with the Lord and with the people. It was evident that the Lord was with him in a special way, and God did not forget the offering of my son for his service. To take Samuel's place in our home, three fine sons and two lovely daughters were given to us. How faithful is Almighty God to all who place their trust in him. Thanks, Kerry. So just for a few minutes, I just wanted to pick out three key things from Hannah's story, all to do with how she gave God her best, even when her circumstances were difficult, when she could have spiralled into self-pity or anger. And Hannah's circumstances were difficult. She couldn't have a child. That's hard in any culture or generation. Those of you that were at the carol service in December might remember Helena's story about her longing to be a mother and the pain and loss for her and Joe. For Hannah, it was a total disgrace. It was clearly her fault. Elkanah, her husband, was happily making babies with his other wife, who took great pleasure in taunting Hannah, making her feel even worse. So how did Hannah respond? How did she continue to offer God her best in spite of her situation? And what can we learn about how we can put ourselves in the place where God can use us, even when life isn't turning out as we'd hoped or imagined it would? So firstly, Hannah was persistent in prayer. She must have felt that God had abandoned her. She was constantly being reminded about about the lack of a child. But rather than becoming bitter and angry, she turned her longing for a baby into passionate prayer. So passionate that Eli thought she was drunk. We get to find out the whole story about Hannah in one go, so we know it has a happy ending. But Hannah didn't. She kept on bringing her prayer to God year after year. God's timing was perfect. He needed Hannah to persist in prayer until she was ready to be part of his big plan. Secondly, she offered God her biggest joy. Hannah knew that having a baby would fulfill her wildest hopes and dreams, and she was totally prepared to give that baby back to God. I have to admit that bribery is one of my go-to basic parenting skills. If you do this, and Josh will tell you this, if you do this, then something nice will happen. I don't think Hannah was bribing God, but she makes God an amazing promise. She says to him, if you fulfill the desires of my heart, then I will freely give my son back to you. He will be yours. And that's the promise that God needed to hear from Hannah, 
before he answered her prayer with a yes. It's amazing to me to know that we can have those kind of conversations with God, and I wonder how often we do. And I think it's this that's kind of startled me most this week as I've been thinking about it, uh, that we can actually sometimes, we keep on praying for something, we pray the same prayer over and over and over again, um, and, and we don't see things change in the way that we want to. And sometimes I think we need to change the conversation that we're having with God. And I was reminded of this yesterday. We, uh, some of you have been living through Ben's driving test attempts with us as a family. And yesterday we reached number four. And uh, the three previous tests he's had in Buxton, before the test has happened, we've sat in the car and we've, I've prayed Um, The first two times I've prayed, the third time we had his granny in the back with us, she prayed for Ben. Still uh, no breakthrough on his test. Yesterday, sat in the car, in the car park, I said, okay, let's pray. And I said, you pray, Ben, this time. God needs to hear your voice. And so he prayed a very simple but passionate uh, prayer and he passed. <laughs> so that was amazing. And uh, for me, it was something about that changing the conversation. Actually, it was God's, uh, God needed to hear Ben's voice and Ben's faith for his driving test. And uh, he had breakthrough. And after the test, I said, what do you think made the difference? And the other difference was that it was the first test Ben had paid for. Uh, <laughs> so I think, and Ben said... Well, I paid and I prayed. (laughs) So it was the two things coming together. But if there's something that we're longing for God to do, what are we willing to give back to God? Uh, What are we willing to promise God, just as Hannah promised to give Samuel back to God? And the third thing was that she turned her thankfulness into worship. As Hannah takes Samuel to the temple, she is overwhelmed with gratitude to God just at the time where you think she might have been regretting the promise that she made, when she comes to the point of actually handing Samuel over, maybe wishing that she hadn't made that promise and that she could keep him at home, it's not that at all. It's thankfulness that pours out of her in an amazing song to God. And it reminds me a lot of Mary's song, when Mary realizes realizes that she's going to have a baby and not just any baby. Both Hannah and Mary speak out truths about who God is and what he's done for them. Just as the sunflowers turn to face the sun and radiate its warmth and light, Hannah and Mary do the same. Everyone who heard Hannah in the temple that day will have known how she felt about God's total faithfulness. They will have been reminded about the goodness of God. So how do we show our thankfulness to God? Do we even remember that he needs to be thanked? When he answers prayer, it's a great opportunity to speak out about his goodness and faithfulness in our circumstances. God changes Hannah's situation dramatically. The birth of Samuel is part of his big plan, not just for Hannah and Elkanah, but for the whole people of Israel. I'm not saying if we follow the formula, then we will always get what we want, that God will always answer our prayers with a yes. 
That isn't how it works, and many of us know that only too well. But the important lesson for me from Hannah is to keep on keeping on, bringing bringing to God the desires of our hearts, being willing to let go of the things that we hold dearly, and acknowledging his goodness and faithfulness in our lives. Doing that on the days that life feels hard and even getting out of bed is difficult will be what places us in the way of God's blessing.